0: All right, let's go ahead and open our Bibles. If you brought one to Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, we continue our series entitled Astonished. And I want to talk to you from Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 38 through 44. So we'll actually complete uh, this particular chapter tonight. Luke 4, beginning in verse 38, you brought a Bible, say amen. And then let me encourage you to stand with me in honor of God's word. Uh, Verse 38 all the way through 44 will be our text tonight. Got a lot of ground to cover. Luke's gospel, chapter 4, 38 through 44. The Bible says, Then he got up and left the synagogue and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she immediately got up and waited on them. While the sun was setting, all those who had Any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on each one of them, he was healing them. Demons also were coming out of many, shouting, You are the Son of God. But rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak, because they knew him to be the Christ. When day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place, and the crowds were searching for him. And they came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, For I was sent for this purpose. And so he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Now use it tonight as you see fit to uh, shape us and mold us into the image of your son And God, may we as a fellowship have an opportunity tonight to see a great glimpse of heaven. And we'll give you glory for it. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Now, have you ever seen a movie trailer before and thought to yourself, man, I've got to see that movie? That ever happened to you? I'm asking you a question. You've seen a movie trailer, like, got to watch that. Many times, God bless you, that was sufficient. But um, how many of you uh, have realized, I don't even want to ask the question now, I'm afraid you're going to yell at me. But anyway... How many of you have realized that the movie trailer didn't really do the movie justice? You know, sometimes the trailer's a lot better than the movie itself. Uh, Sometimes the movie proved to be greater than the trailer actually advertised. You know, as we follow the life of Jesus through the gospel, really we are given a preview into what a movie could be entitled uh, Pictures of Eternity. And so Jesus, God's son, came to set right what had gone wrong in the garden. Following the fall of man, sin entered the picture and began to destroy everything in its path. With sin came a curse upon the ground, a real presence of demonic activity, and even the realities of disease. And tonight as we unpack this passage of scripture, let your heart be enamored by the movie trailer, so to speak the movie trailer that points to what Jesus Christ will ultimately accomplish for all of eternity. So what is going to happen? Well, notice first of all, there will be total healing. Look again in your Bible, verse 38. He got up and left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked him to help her. Now the worship service in the synagogue had just ended. The crowds had been amazed at his authority in preaching as well as his authority over demons. Mark's gospel records for us that Simon and Andrew, as well as James and John, were with Jesus when they entered into this house. Simon's mother-in-law was, according to the passage, suffering from a high fever. Jesus would heal Peter's mother-in-law to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 53, according to the scriptures, he himself took our infirmities and carried away our disease. And that is exactly what Matthew states as he wrote about the healing of Peter's mother-in-law but put yourself in the house for just a moment you walk in And you hear a woman in the background coughing. You can see through a slightly open wooden door, a person curled up in a ball in a makeshift bed. Her body is shaking like a leaf in the wind underneath the mound of covers. While she seems to be extremely cold, there's sweat pouring from her forehead. Uh, You aren't aware of how long she's been in this condition, but it is quite obvious that she has some major issues going on in her life. Now Simon, Andrew, James, and John had been with the crowds which were amazed at the teaching and the authority of the Lord Jesus. Understanding his authority, they asked Jesus for some help. And this must have been an act of the Lord too because it was Simon's mother-in-law. I can understand asking Jesus to help your mother, but your (laughs) mother-in-law? That was a weak joke. But anyway, so uh, verse 39, standing over her... He rebuked the fever and it left her. Jesus did something quite unique here in this passage. He literally spoke to the fever. The word rebuke means to make a strong command. And then notice the scripture states that it left her. And the word left her is the same word used to speak of a divorce. So think about it in this manner. Jesus commanded the fever to divorce the body of Simon's mother-in-law. Now, what you and I have witnessed in this text is only a temporary healing, a preview of the coming attraction which we will be experiencing in eternity when eternal healing occurs. Philippians three twenty and 21 says, "...our citizenship is in heaven, for which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory." by the exertion of the power he has even to subject all things to himself. So Jesus, who displays authority over sickness and disease, will in our near future rebuke the infirmities which plague our lives. In fact, I would encourage us to look at Jesus' temporary healings in our bodies as only a foreshadowing of the complete healing we will experience when we see him face to face. In that moment, Jesus, by the authority of his might, will command any sickness and any disease to be divorced from us as we are granted, by God's grace, glorified bodies fit for eternity, which will never experience suffering or sickness again. So what should we do with those who are sick and those who are suffering in our midst now? We ought to do exactly what these men did in Simon's, to Simon's mother-in-law. They asked Jesus to help. So what should we do uh, when I visit a hospital or the home of someone who is a suffering I immediately go to Jesus with the person's ailment. In the book of James we note the qu- uh, a question which James poses is there anybody sick among you then you should pray for them. Now I found this particular A couple of uh, uh, paragraphs in a book I was reading, but listen closely. A prayer for healing is something like going to the bank president to ask for a loan. If the bank president believes that it is best for you and the bank, he may lend you the money. God may decide to make a loan and heal your body. But I have no authority to claim it as I do when I have money in the bank. In that case, I have the authority to sign a check and make a withdrawal. When it comes to spiritual victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil, we already have authority. We can sign the check of faith and believe it, and it will be done. We can be sure of that kind of victory because we have the spiritual cash in the bank. Even in the realm of the physical, we are not at the mercy of Satan and his system. Anything that comes to us must go through the hands of God. God is never out of control. The Holy Trinity never meets in an emergency session. Not a blade of grass moves from the Father's permission. Uh, Satan had to get permission before he could torment Job. Satan had to get permission before he could sift Peter. Paul's thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan, but he said that the messenger was given to him. It means that God was over it all. So God is even over sickness and disease. And anything that touches your life or my life touches it only by the divine permission of Almighty God. Jesus has authority over sickness and disease today. If he chooses by the Father's will to grant a miraculous healing, then praise the Lord. We are given the privilege to see another preview of what he will make happen for all of eternity. However, Jesus chooses not to heal a person from a physical disease. And our physical eyes are unable to see him do that. We must open our spiritual eyes to see the final authority over sickness and death that Jesus does indeed have. See, in a single moment, Jesus will rebuke the disease which has attached itself to our bodies and it will be divorced from us for all of eternity. We will know absolute, total healing. In the meantime, we need not fear looking charismatic, praying fervently for the sick and the diseased. Uh, when my brother Lance was sick, they prayed fervently for him. He passed away. He died. He's in heaven now. But I have phenomenal news for you. He was healed. <laughs> we didn't have the opportunity to see it with our physical eyes but indeed with his spiritual eyes of faith we know that he's experienced healing no longer is he plagued by a disease I would also guarantee you that if my wife or if any of my children were terminally ill I would not hesitate for one single solitary second to bring them before this fellowship and beg you all to join me in praying for their healing I wouldn't have one single thought about whether or not you might think I looked charismatic about it either all I would know is that as a husband and a father, I would want nothing more than the Master's healing. If God chooses to heal, praise the Lord. If God chooses to bring ultimate healing, praise the Lord. I almost think there ought to be greater praising when ultimate healing comes because <laughs> it lasts forever. Y'all know what I'm talking about temporary healing. Well, it's temporary. But it's a cool movie trailer, ain't it? You know, Marley, our littlest, that's not a word, our smallest child, is at home now with a fever. And that's just a wild. I'm preaching on Simon's mother-in-law got a fever. So does Marley. But notice the last portion of this verse. The Bible says she immediately got up and she waited on them. And let me just note, those who've experienced a genuine touch of the Lord always get up and serve. They're so thankful to Jesus for the difference that he makes. They cannot help but to serve him. Now take your mind back to watching a movie preview. The movie's entitled Pictures of Eternity. Jesus steps in and heals Simon, Simon's mother-in-law. Then all of a sudden, we see people gathering all around the house of Simon and Andrew. There are lame people who have to be carried to Jesus. Blind people who have to be guided to him. Sick people who have had no hope for years. And then it begins to start getting dark. Verse 40, while the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And laying his hands on each one of them, he was healing them. Can you picture for a moment the joy on the faces of those around the house? They're hugging each other. I mean, they're shouting. They're leaping with excitement. All because of Jesus' authority in this moment over their sickness. That is only a preview of eternity. When we experience complete and total healing and granted a brand new glorified body, what joy we will experience as we hug each other, shout glory to God, leap with excitement, joy will be uncontained. That's what heaven is. Total healing. But then there's a second reality here, total freedom. Verse 41, demons also were coming out of many shouting, you are the son of God. But rebuking them, he would not allow them to speak because they knew him to be the Christ. There is, in this passage, a unique thought that Jesus would not allow the demons to speak on his behalf. The true identity of Jesus was to be revealed by the Father rather than the demons. As such, the demons were muzzled by Jesus from speaking about him in this particular moment. Jesus was giving another glimpse of his purpose for coming in this text. He would eradicate all evil from the earth. That is, the kingdom of heaven would not have one demon within it. The kingdom of heaven will indeed be completely free from the influence of Satan and his angels. Jesus Christ was making a statement at this moment to his disciples as well as us. He holds all authority in his hand, and in due time, to his divine prophetic calendar, he will eradicate from his presence and all of the saints every single demonic force. The torment that they gave to others on earth is only temporary, but the torment they will receive will be for all of eternity. And this will be done by Jesus with one word. Go. Isn't it amazing that the Lord Jesus holds such authority that one single word can cause all hellish spirits to be bound up? Uh, You and I will experience complete and total freedom from demonic influences as we see Jesus face to face. What an awesome preview that is. Total healing, total freedom. But then there's a third reality here tonight, and that is total refreshment. We see this depicted in Jesus' need for physical rest and for refreshment. Having taken on flesh, Jesus was experiencing a loss of physical energy. Verse 42, the Bible says, When day came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place. The crowds were searching for him. They came to him and tried to keep him from going away from them. You know, it was not uncommon for Jesus to retreat from the crowds to spend time with the Father in prayer. As a matter of fact, this became a time of refreshment for the Lord Jesus. Jesus, having spent time away, was being chased down by the ministry demands of others who were needy. However, notice how he responds in verse 43. He said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. You know, there's a contrast already in the ministry of Jesus between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. So far, it is apparent that the kingdom of light supersedes the power of the kingdom of darkness. As he came out of his time alone with God, he was refreshed to continue his ministry campaign to preach to other cities. There's something great to be said here in the text concerning the need for refreshment as it pertains to ministry life. And by the way, all of us are in the ministry. Those who engage in ministry need times in which they get alone with God for a time of refreshment. But going a step further, can I just say, Don't you see a picture here of eternity as well? A time in which we will be with the Father with perfect, unhindered communion in which we will never grow weary. May the times when we are refreshed today be simply a foretaste for you and I of what eternal refreshment will be like for all of eternity God is doing this in our hearts, teaching us that indeed there will be total healing, total freedom, total refreshment. That is a preview of heaven. Let that sink in and glorify the Lord Jesus for what he has done in your life. And I'll glorify him too. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your word tonight.